Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Football Furioso. I am your host, Norris Howard, joined as always by my blood brother, Nolan the Wing, back. What is going on, my guy? A cup was lifted over the weekend. Yes, that's right. The Carabao Cup final did take place over this weekend, and we are going to get to that. But before that, we do have a very important news bulletin that came down the pike early uh the morning of recording everton has gotten their point deduction reduced by uh down to six points from 10 points this lifts them out of the relegation zone and moves them up into 15th place that's five points clear of relegation that is huge for everton season yeah, and I think that that's a boost to the morale, I think, overall more than anything. You know, some will say it's only four points. That's a you know a match and a half or a draw. But it's huge if you go from essentially in that fight, like heavily into the fight, into 15th, and now looking up at Bournemouth and looking up at Crystal Palace and thinking maybe we can get one or two spots and stay safe. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's super demoralizing for Luton, who are only a point away and, and you know, thinking, hey, we still in the fight and... You know, now they're a match off from uh, Nottingham Forest. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely going to have to do a little bit more in order to get out of that relegation zone. But I I think when you look at, you know, form and you look at the team and you look at how Everton has played over the course of the entire season, they're not a relegation team. No, they're not at all. And I think if you if they can just win the matches that they need to at home, at least um, their goal is really just to stay up this season because they're going to get an influx opening a new stadium next year. So I think they're, you know, everything's goal is stay up this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a lot of teams goals. And, and you know, I think, you know, this kind of feels I, I don't want to say it feels more just I don't know, because, again, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the uh, financial fl- fair play rules that they violated. Um, but to, to see this on appeal, to see that they were still deducted. Do you feel like, and I'm going to ask you this question, do you feel like that kind of takes the teeth away from the from the punishment? Because, I mean, you had a team who got punished for something and was teetering on the edge of relegation, and now, I mean, essentially they, they kind of don't got that much to worry about. I don't see Brentford or Forrest getting any better. Yeah, I think that it does take a little bit of the bite out. I think the fact that they did it kind of right in the middle of the season did surprise uh everton of course I'm, I'm assuming the other teams that may be teetering in that line that we don't know yet but i do think taking off a couple points does take some teeth out of it and make you think you know maybe it's not gonna be so bad for me whenever my sanction comes down <clears throat> you know who we talking about yeah but I, i'm just saying it and you know but but i think that's the part that makes it i think that's the part that makes it kind of concerning to me to be honest right because if you're going to have this punishment. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, appeals process is, is part of law and order. Like, everybody is entitled to appeal and all that kind of stuff. I, I think, you know, that also extends to, to the UK's criminal justice system as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do see something like this and I go, okay, um, you, you had a punishment. This is what you deemed proper at the time. And I just feel like even if Everton may have been hard done by it. I still think it would have been a good example to set. I think it would have said, listen, Everton did everything in their power to stay up, but they broke the rules to stay up. So now you're going to have to battle again. And now to see, you know, that they really, in my opinion, probably aren't going to have that much to worry about. Like I said, I don't see Brentford or Forrest making up five points anywhere. Um, Yeah, I think at at this point you – you should have just left it alone because mm-hmm. 
even without the 10 point deduction, they probably, they'd be around the same place anyway. So, right. you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, did we, did we just, uh, go around in circles basically. But anyway, that was just a quick update. Uh, we're not going to take a break. We're going to go right into the Carabao Cup final. And I just got to say this. I just got to say this. Lie, I'm getting cooked. I just got to say this, right? I'm not even going to talk about Liverpool for a second, right? Because Liverpool did what they were supposed to do. I will praise them in a second. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to get fully on Chelsea quite yet. What I will say is that the rhetoric around this match is a little interesting because anybody who watches that match goes, damn, this is actually quite a back and forth match. A lot of chances on both ends. Teams going full bore, but they clearly both teams wanted to win up until about the 95th minute. Yeah. And somehow Chelsea found a way to just stink it up for 15 minutes and lose the cup. Because watching that match, Chelsea had chances. They had chances. They had, I mean, Keller here. I mean, we got to put some respect on that man's we name. To. We going to get to him in a second. But um, Liverpool end up beating Chelsea 1-0, if you haven't found out the goal from the captain, Virgil van Dijk. Beautiful header, almost a carbon copy of the header that was disallowed uh, in the first half. Right. So, I mean, clearly Chelsea can't do nothing with set pieces. But... Um, Nolan, I want to I want to talk to you about this Chelsea team because, <laughs> as I've said many times, and, and again, I keep getting proven right, is that everybody said Manchester United is in more trouble than Chelsea. Manchester United is so poor. Manchester United is this and that and all the all the third. Manchester United are still in the hunt for a European spot, whether that be you know Conference League, whatever. They are in the hunt. For European spot, for Europa League, that's where I think they looking at. Chelsea ain't doing nothing. No, they ain't doing nothing this season. This was their best chance to do something this season. That's done. It's dead. Yeah, and we're at a point now, Norris. I mean, I feel like we've talked ten percent of this show has been about Chelsea throughout the entirety of this show so far, and rightfully so because we've never seen something like this before. This loss to me personally, obviously the players are out there. They're trying. They got some shots off. I'm never going to act like they weren't in the match. They honestly should have been ahead. Neither here nor there. This is on Mauricio Pochettino. And I, have, percent. and I have to say that at this I point. I said it last week, didn't I? Yeah. No, you did. This one is absolutely on Pochettino because, you know, first half it was okay. Second half, even they came out with energy. When it went to extra time, Chelsea disappeared. It was like they were like, you know what? Maybe we don't want to play extra time. Let's just maybe play I'm for tired. penalties. I don't think Liverpool's going to do it. Oh, here comes some youngsters, which we'll get to. Uh, we'll just play for it. I know they're not going to do anything. No. Chelsea sat back. They kind of passed the ball around the back. They stopped doing what arguably helped them make Liverpool feel like maybe we aren't going to win this. And they lost it. And in the end of the match, you how do you lose Virgil van Dijk? Like, to <laughs> me, it's just confusing to me. He's the one probably overall person you should he's lose the on the only corner. set piece threat on the pitch exactly he's li literally yeah the only set piece threat on the pitch exactly and but he this, lost him but this goes to pochettino because he subbed on mudrick he subbed on noni mandueke which can be you know whatever 50 50 sometimes chalaba 2.5 in the match and then cuckoo 
And you took off Raheem Sterling's, Connor Gallagher's. I mean, they didn't play great, but they're more. You took off the attacking threat. Yeah, you're more likely to get something out of those players that you know have drive. They came on and did absolutely nothing. That's on Pochettino. It is on Pochettino. And, you know, the more I, I, I try to examine this match and what I find so so hilarious about it is that not only did they lose drive, not only did they lose energy, not only did they miss the opportunity, but you saw, you saw, you know, Chilwell going at his youngsters, mm -hmm. going crazy. This is not the time to do that. This is this is a cup final. We need the senior players to be rallying the young players. And you saw that on the Liverpool side. They put out literally a gang of toddlers. <laughs> they literally put out seven toddlers. Yeah. And Virgil, and they looked at Virgil van Dyke and he said, get on my back. Follow me. And that's what leaders do. That's what leaders do. Not just from the game winning header, but the header that was disallowed and just his general play. The man, he had a commanding presence, and you could see that the rest of the team rallied around that, especially the young players. And you look over at the Chelsea side, which is a young team. Who are the leaders? Who's the person who is going to grab that? And this is crazy in a team that has somebody like Thiago Silva, mm -hmm. that has a Raheem Sterling. that ha They have senior players. Ben Chilwell included. I would include him in the senior players. What are you doing? Right? Completely lost the plot. Nobody knows what the hell is going on anymore. And what made it the worst thing, what made the, the worst thing about it is they became cowardly. Mm -hmm. In that extra time, they became cowardly. They saw a bunch of youngsters on the other team and they said, you know what? We don't have to go beat them. We'll play for the penalties, as you said. I'm sorry, this is a cup final. Why would you ever want to play for penalties? That's ridiculous. So let me put on Shalaba, who ain't played since the Stone Age, right? Let me put on Nkuku, who's had a grand total of four matches, I think, in the past year. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? You, ha you have nothing in the league to play for, so what are you saving the players for? You got an international break coming up mm -hmm. next month, so you ain't. You, that's more rest for you. You're not playing in Europe. So what are you doing? It's, it's completely on Pochettino. Mm -hmm. It's completely on him. He looked over at Jurgen Klopp and he was shook. Absolutely. He looked at that man and his veneers and the shine <laughs> and the occasion and the brilliance. And I'm sorry if I'm the leadership over at Chelsea, he got to go. Yeah. I, I he got to go. I think it's time. And that's the thing. When you have young players, what confused me when I was watching that extra time specifically to piggyback off what you said Ben Chilwell, yes, he was, you know, frustrated during the match in regular time when he was on. But it's like in the extra time, why isn't anyone saying get forward, push forward? You don't see that energy like this is a young team. Why aren't you holding each other? Kind of say we have a chance to be great. They talk all this trash and they look and like we could get silverware and they're looking like nothing. Like literally everyone's telling us we can't do anything. And they were like, I guess they're right. It was right there. Kneel to kneel in the extra time. It was and you there see to youngsters be one. coming on. That's so dis not disrespectful because I mean no, that's, no, they're great it's, players. It's disrespect. But it's disrespectful. It's disrespect. No Salah, no Nunez. The whole match, and they put young. They had five youngsters on to end the match. Five. <laughs> half the team was youngsters. You had half you the, a goalkeeper. You had half the outfield players that were playing, and and, and I looked this up. Half the outfield youngsters were playing 
Uh, Stoke City's under 23s. Exactly. I, that was the last match that most of y'all's youngsters played. And it didn't look scared. And that comes from the manager. It comes from the manager. That is all Jurgen Klopp saying, go out there and do what you do. They, they weren't out there to play games. No. They were serious. It comes from the manager. <laughs> it comes from the culture at the club. It comes from having winners on your side. It comes from having veteran players that instill confidence and belief in you. It, it, it It's all of the above. And it all starts from the manager. And you looked at Mauricio Pochettino and he stood there in utter shock. <laughs> Seriously, he stood there in utter shock that the, the guys he put out there just folded. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He folded too. Because ain't no way in the world I would have took off my main, my main players. I mean, Connor Gallagher was everywhere at one point in the match. He was. I think he had something like three shots on target and two hit the post. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. You're going to take off the danger man, the guy making the penetrating runs, the guy who, who, when he was on the pitch, Chelsea had a chance. When he was on the pitch, Chelsea had a chance. And I'm not the biggest Conor Gallagher fan, but he, he could be growing into a big-time player mm -hmm. because when the spotlight was showing, yeah, he didn't bear any chances. They didn't go in. It was some misfortune here and there. But I will always applaud and appreciate a player that I see trying to be on the front foot and play positively. Mm -hmm. After he came off the pitch, wasn't nothing there. He didn't like he wanted to come off the pitch. Who, who off. would? Yeah. Who would? What player worth they saw would want to come off a cup final knowing it's probably about to go to extra time? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Nobody. So, you know, I, I just look at it and, yeah, he might get the rest of the season – but but Pochettino, man, this is this is this might have been one of the worst managerial performances I think I've seen in a cup final in a while. And that's crazy to say if it's for a one nil. Mm -hmm. But to just see the stark difference between the the set of players that were on the pitch, the poor timing of the of the of the the substitutions, and then the opposition that was on the other side of the field, given all that. Yeah. You, you you gotta lay it at Poch's feet and I, I I don't see I don't see how he continues into next season. If it's is is I the last thing I'm gonna say is this, Nolan. And and I will give credit because I watch a lot of content creators. I watch a lot of football content creators. There's a, a young brother by the name of Matisse who is a, a Chelsea fan. Mm -hmm. And he said this. He said, listen, our team is unlikable, and I'm okay with that. Chelsea's <laughs> been unlikable for many years, and that's fine. He said, but you can be unlikable when you win. He said, but you can't be unlikable and then be 10th and then lose a cup final and then lose a cup final to youngsters and then also spend a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here, especially with Pochettino. They look soulless. And if you thought they were bad, you know, mentally then, imagine now, you know, like you just lost at Wembley. You could have went right across the street and party <laughs> and you just just what's their next match. You just bottled it. Who's who is Chelsea's next match? Uh, Let me go check. Because whoever is Chelsea's next match. <laughs> Brentford. Brentford. I bet you they at win. Brentford. I bet you they at win. At the G-Tech. It's over. At the G-Tech. It's over. It's over. And, and they're in, what, 17 now? 16? I bet you they win. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not really willing to put bread down because I don't gamble. <laughs> but I'm willing to put bread down. Brentford come out and win. I, I can see Ivan Tony licking his chops going like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely about to kick this animal Wally down. For sure. Like, for sure. But anyway, we're going to take a break <laughs> on the Carabao Cup final. Also, you know what? Before we take a break, Kelleher, man oh, of the yes. match. 
Yes. Man of the match. That is one of the most incredible, incredible goalkeeper performances. That was like a triple save he had in the first half. That was just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a fantastic goalkeeper match from Kelly here. So we had to, I had to highlight him. And, you know, Liverpool, they did what they did. There it is. But anyway, we're going to take a break. More Football Furioso coming up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Football Furioso. Soccer at the speed of sound. Your host, Norris Howard, here alongside Nolan, the wing back. And uh, we are going to move right on in and talk a little bit about the Premier League as the race for the title. Titans even more only two points separating first, second, and third. This is this is what we want. Yeah. This is everything we could have asked for. This is a fantastic run into the title. We are going to start with Arsenal's absolute dismantlement of Newcastle. I feel like it's I feel like it's a broken record. I feel like when it comes to the Premier League, we've said this now for almost a month. Arsenal dominating the opposition. Yeah. And you and me watched this match yep. together. Uh, every minute of it. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, there was a point in the second half, which we'll get to the nitty gritty in the second half where we were just talking with with other fans in there for like 20 minutes. Looked up. Nothing happened. Arsenal still dominating. <laughs> every three seconds you look up, it's just Arsenal on the ball, just doing Arsenal things. Yeah. And I mean, that just a testament to their resolve. You know, obviously they were defeated midweek against Porto in the Champions League and to come out and score four. You know, at home, you know, Newcastle coming in town after the last match was arguably a, a classic, but for, for other reasons. Yeah, for other reasons. Uh, I mean, it was just a class game from them. I mean, they controlled first half and second half. I mean, when you when you are getting to the point now where like players are are yelling at each other because you didn't keep the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talking we we talking some elite level stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'm talking about a team that is looking poised to really go at the title. Um, obviously, goal scored uh, from Kai Havertz, an own goal off Botman, now it's from a corner from Gabrielle, uh, a, a goal from Kivior, Saka's goal, again, cutting in off the left, getting back to his imperious form. He's scored in five straight matches now. Like, they he, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to get too excited, but we see City play like this. Usually, when it, when we're talking about, oh, man, it's New Year's, here we go, and we talk about a team that just goes on a crazy run in order to, to clinch a title, it's nine times out of ten Manchester City. And looking at Arsenal, not only are they pretty healthy, they got players coming back. This is the Arsenal that's not even 100%. So they got players coming back. Um, they're, they're performing in, in in this manner that that is completely dominating other teams, and I really think City and Liverpool. I mean, the Arsenal has already beaten Liverpool once, uh, and, and they've beaten City once. City got to be looking at Arsenal and saying, "We th- that's a must win for them." Yeah, Arsenal is a must win for them. Yeah, and I think that that head-to-head, like you've alluded to for weeks now, might legitimately decide the title. Yeah. Um, as long as none of them drop points, which doesn't look like they will against teams they should beat at least, yeah. it's going to be important. I really think Arsenal can make that run. I think this year, compared to last year, even though they had you know close to the same squad, the same overall mentality, I think 
you know, to your credit, you've been talking about this Arsenal team and really getting them over the hump. They look like a team that believe they can win. You know, last year they were like, oh, okay, we're here. Let's just try to do it. They don't look phased now. They're like, we should be here. We, we should need be here. to win. And that's the difference. It is the big difference. And, you know, I, I look at Liverpool. This this is how I've always felt about Liverpool for, for, you know, in the Klopp era is that, you know, they've always looked like a team that believed they should be challenging for the title, a team that believes they should be challenging for Champions League. Mm-hmm. You know, we already know about City. And, you know, I, I, I just look at Liverpool right now and obviously – Klopp saying he's leaving. They seem like a team of destiny right now, as opposed to like skill. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing is like you got you got a, a team of immense skill in City. Then you got the team of destiny in Liverpool because obviously the, if we want to write a movie, that's who wins the title. Mm-hmm. And then you got Arsenal, kind of the young upstart team, full of you know the the the, the next up talent in the Premier League. And so it's just we could not write. A better a, a better script for the end of the season so far. Um, City's got a really tough run in the matches, so I'm interested to see what they do. Liverpool and Arsenal kind of have an okay run in. I, I'm I'm not too too worried about either one of those squads. Um, but the last thing I want to say about this is Newcastle were terrible, oh, and yeah. I think I, I I'm not sure what's going on with Eddie Howe, but he he set up so negatively. I mean they they they. They didn't really have a chance to do anything in the match because of how the team was set up. And it's so interesting to see. I'm not sure if teams are still operating off the same the same information that like if we just sit in a low block, Arsenal won't beat us. But that's not happening. <laughs> no. No, not right now. Yeah, Newcastle, they 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 slipped. They're in tenth now. So Yeah. All right, so moving on, uh, we definitely want to talk a little bit about Fulham versus Manchester United, a shock win for Fulham. Now, by the way, this is Fulham who's also beat Arsenal, so they are not a poo-poo team. They can't take some points off the big boys. Uh, They shock Manchester United at Old Trafford, uh, game winner. From none other than the former Arsenal man, mm-hmm. Alex Awobi, fresh off Nigeria duty at the African Cup of Nations. Great goal, great counterattacking goal. Um, you know, I want to ask you this, Nolan, because you you know, you 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 follow Manchester United very closely. Is this more of a Fulham took advantage of some, you know, just a great counterattack, or is this kind of more emblematic that Manchester United kind of maybe not be as far ahead as we thought? I think that Man United aren't as far ahead as we thought. Um, obviously, you're going to give some credit to Fulham. They won the match. But when I looked at Man U in this match, what kind of scared me a little bit is that they have the belief. They have the talent now. You start to see Kabi Manu. You start to see a lot of these players that are in that 11 now playing week to week. They had all the ideas. But I think what they were a little bit nervous about was when Fulham didn't sit back. Like, typically, you're thinking, go to Old Trafford, sit back a little bit. You know, Fulham had their moments where they were, you know, pent, you know, backed against the wall for a little while. But when they were there and they're saying, you know what, maybe we can win this match, Fulham aren't scared of anyone, like you said. And that late goal was solely from the fact that Man U started sitting back. You know, Harry Maguire, you know, got a goal back late in the match in the 89th minute to make it 1-1, but it never felt like they were going to win it. And I think that Fulham, when they brought on, um, when they brought on uh, 
Can't think of his name right now. Yeah. But when he came on, he was the biggest piece. I'm going to come back to that. Because he passed the ball inside Tri-Hore. of the box. Yes. Triore. Thank you. Yes. When he came on, he was the one that provided the assist. And that energy came on, uh, helped them push that ball into the box and score the game winner. So Yeah, most definitely. I, I just, Triore still wearing them tight, them tiny shirts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I saw it in my head. I just couldn't yeah, think of his name. Yeah, he's still wearing them tiny <laughs> shirts. But anyway, um, no, I feel you. And, and, and I think that's a really good shout, too, is this like, you know, when I watch Manchester United, I never just go like, yeah, they about to win. Like, I never feel that way. I never watch a Manchester United match this season and go, yeah, they about to win. <laughs> the only the only match I felt that way was was uh, against Everton when Harnacho had that crazy overhead kick that is absolutely about to win Pushkas Award 100%. for goal of the season. Um, That's the only time I watched them and went, yeah, they dominate and they going to win this. Outside of that, I've never watched the full 90 of, of them and, and really felt confident that they would see it through all the way. There's kind of always this weird, like, mm, oh, no. So <laughs> it, it's it's interesting with Manchester United. It, and it, it, it does feel like we might have hyped them up a little too much, a little too quick. You know, I may have to take back some of my some of my money drops on them. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm 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 I'm. I still think that they might be able to challenge for the Europa League spot. I just feel like they probably could do it. I just feel it. But um, they're not better than Spurs, and they're no. not better um, than Villa. Than Villa. So, you know, it, we will see. But unless Spurs completely crash out, like... They're prone. It is. It is Spurs. <laughs> but I'm just saying, unless they completely and utterly crash out... Um, they will miss out on Europe as well. Now, moving forward to Ashton Villa versus Forest. Ashton Villa continuing their winning ways and trying their best to stay in the Champions League spot. Nolan, what went down in this match? Because I felt like Villa was pretty imperious, even though there's a 4-2 scoreline. I felt like, I mean, Villa really kind of did their thing here. Yeah, they, as you say, put the paws on them. <laughs> so, first half, um, <laughs> you had Ali Watkins open the scoring in the fourth minute. And from that moment on, I said, this looks like a 5-0 a right here already. Um, but it was back and forth, though. I think Villa wanted to go out and win really bad. So I think that's the reason that you saw it back and forth. I think if they wanted to sit back and, you know, slowly ease into the match they wanted to. When that first goal went in, you saw it get frenetic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Douglas Luis ended up getting a brace in the first half to make it uh, 3-0 early in the, uh, late in the second, uh, first half, I'm sorry. And then Neocate would get one back. Yeah. Right before half. And that set up kind of a fun finish. Yeah, it was a fun finish. And, you know, the thing about Villa that I love is that, you know, they're always putting forth exciting matches. They're a really exciting team to watch. Um, but, you know, I, I got to ask you the question, do they hold on to that fourth spot? Do Spurs have enough to be able to push into into the, the Champions League spot? Because they're not separated by that many points. I think Spurs... They had some setbacks, and, you know, they're not necessarily flying. But uh, Villa looked like, I mean, they look like they might be able to take points off just about anybody. Yeah, when I look at Villa, I think that they'll actually hold on to it. I think that the energy that they play with, um, they have a lot of good ideas and they're not afraid of anyone. I think they believe they belong in that four spot. I think their sole... kind of idea right now is fourth they know they're not challenging for the title at first they were leading for a while but i think that right now they're like fourth this is our goal stay here win every match we can 
you know, got a couple with the big boys coming up, but I think they'll hold on to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think, you know, Villa making Champions League, I think you have to say that's such a massive achievement. You have to say that. You have to say that is a massive, massive achievement for Unai Emery uh, with that team. First full season, put together a squad that that really ain't all his squad. You know, he only got a chance to bring in a couple players, but what he's got them doing is magnificent. And, and, and I think, as I've always said, you know, that is his level. Put him at a team where there are almost no expectations whatsoever, a team that's got legacy. He don't need the most resources because, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think he know what to do with all them resources. You almost <laughs> got it. For real, you almost got to constrict a manager like Unai Emery. You almost have to put him in a situation where he got work with what he got. Because if you give him too many resources, he, he get choice anxiety and, and, and too much start going on. But you put him at Sevilla, you put him at Villarreal, you put him at Aston Villa, you put him at teams like that, and he will be able to get you into Europe. That's what he does. He's that quality of a manager. And I, I'm really happy to see that that's what he's done with Villa because I think Villa, uh, as a legacy club, deserved that. And you know what will be nice as well? Imagine a night. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday night at Villa in Champions League. It, it I mean, be nice. it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. And I think that that is magnificent. And I think what we're starting to see now in the Premier League, especially with sort of the, the three-headed dragon right now of, of Liverpool, City, Arsenal, I think the, 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 that battle for that fourth Champions League spot is almost like a mini championship onto itself. Because even that, you know, you, you got the top three battling for the title itself, but then you almost got three to four teams within two or three points of each other trying to get that last Champions League spot. And I think that's, I mean, the payout you get for making Champions League is, 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 is great. Um, and, and I just love seeing that. I love seeing the competitiveness for, for those spots. Uh, we don't have a runaway nowhere. And no. it, like that's the cool part like there's not a runaway anywhere like outside of Sheffield being a <laughs> runaway garbage um but anyway we're just gonna wrap up everything happening with the Premier League right quick Liverpool take care of business against Luton four to one Ogbene actually did get uh, a, a goal but you know, Liverpool do what they do, and they came back and thrashed them, mm -hmm. uh, scoring four straight unanswered goals. Uh, Man City versus Bournemouth. Nolan, this one was 1-0, isn't it? Yeah, Bournemouth actually showed up. They were at home, and they stifled City. Foden would get the game winner eventually, but I was surprised. Bournemouth played played up. Yeah, they really did. And, and again, I'm, I'm showing my concern for Erling Haaland. He is not hitting mm -hmm. the heights that he really should. Uh, you know, that the goal that was scored was a, was a rebound off one of his shots, a, a shot that I think normally he would bury. So I think, you know, maybe a little bit of concern there with Erling Haaland. Uh, Brighton draw Everton 1-1. I think Brighton, again, continue to sort of fall off and, and not really perform to the heights that I think the quality of squad is. Palace with their new manager. Mm -hmm. 3-0 versus Burnley. Listen, Palace have the talent. They just couldn't win. They just couldn't. I, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I feel like Burnley, I feel like me and you go out there against Burnley and at least get a couple on target. Oh, 100%. 100%. I can make a you know, back shoulder run on somebody. On somebody. That's what I'm saying. You know, I can put you through. They just look bad defensively, man. They look inept. I don't get it. I really don't get it. You think Vincent Company would be better? Man, you really would. 
Uh, Wolves beat Sheffield United 1-0. And, you know, I know you love Wolves, man. So. I do. Listen, I like, their, <laughs> I like their play. You know, like, let's go out and just take it, whoever it is. And, and you know what? They should have had more. <laughs> mm-hmm. They should have had more. I, I, this easily could have been uh, a 3-0 or 4-0, man. And, and I'm going to tell you, that's Sarabia. I like him, man. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. He's electrifying when you really want to uh, get play him in. And uh, lastly, West Ham versus Brentford. West Ham finally picked themselves back up against Brentford and end up putting four uh, on the board. Hopefully West Ham can uh, keep their momentum going. And uh, yeah, that's going to be that. But we've reached the end of the show. Nolan, you get the last word. Norris, I cannot wait to see the documentary 15 years from now from the billion dollar bottle jobs <laughs> that are called Chelsea. I'm sorry to the Chelsea supporter. I don't mean it like that. But we have to call I what do. the news is calling it. I do. It's, dude. It's going to be miraculous to watch. How bad does it have to be when the headline is billion dollar bottle jobs? 1.1 billion. Absurd. No cup. <laughs>